I look like JBL's mad at me. <laughs> what the f*** is going on down there? Ladies and gentlemen, it's February 20th, 2016, and it's Toy Fair time again. I'm Vangelis, and I'm joined by Seth. Hi, again. Again. Uh, again. Seth Seth dropped the best line, like, literally before I did the 54321, and, like, I can't begin to tell you how good a line that was. Only because we had, we just finished, like, a 20-minute conversation about the Blue Meanie and various things. <laughs> but that aside, uh, Seth, how's it going? Hi, it's going okay. Thank you for joining me on this weekend recording to kind of re-rhythm us with all the Toy Fair stuff and all of my weird continuing travel things. Yeah, we're recording the night before Fastlane. Whoops, the road to WrestleMania. Does anything happen at that one? Uh, I don't know. This is only the second <laughs> time they've done Fastlane. Oh, like okay. They, they renamed the pay-per-view that used to be in between the Rumble and and wrestlemania well how was last fast lane uh, okay so they just have to do better than that and then it will be the best fast lane ever yeah well when you look at the card it's uh. seth let me tell you about lucha underground no i already did never mind yeah i want to see it <laughs> they gotta make an easy way for me to see it and then i'll totally watch it i heard that they are like they really want to have at least the first season up for purchase on itunes and uh, like put it on netflix that would be great. <laughs> like some, yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous how hard it is to legally watch that. Um, I just did it illegally because I couldn't do it legally. Although, uh, Mister Hoopla uh, spotted a Lucha Underground ad on the side of a Toronto bus the other week, so maybe it's it's coming to Canada. We'll see. Huh. Um, but Seth, we're gonna talk about Toy Fair 2016's stuff. We're gonna get this, yeah. the Seth angle on it. Angles. Uh, the I I was trying to see how many more stupid wrestling words I could stuff in there, but I'm 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 going to stop. Kayfabe. Before I start, we're gonna hard get, way. We're going to get Seth's <laughs> opinion hard way with some color on. Uh, so you just you know, start banging that beer can on your forehead before you answer the question. I only um, have a Coca Cola can. That's not as cool. But it has a weird football helmet on it. I think this is like a Super Bowl Coke. Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Is Super Bowl City gone? Yes. Okay. But there were still, like, stories about it for a week afterwards because uh, it was a whole scene. So I still got opportunities to annoy my girlfriend. I can like, I, that whole idea makes sense as something someone suggests, but everything afterwards, I just feel like someone should have said something and didn't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really look into it, just the short description. What, the Super Bowl City thing? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like this really obviously good idea until you think about every single way that it can and will go wrong. Well, <laughs> they do stuff like that for every Super Bowl, wherever the host city is, except for the team is named San Francisco, but they're not in San Francisco anymore. The city they actually play in is like 30 miles away or something, and not interesting on its own <laughs> so they have to do all this stuff in san francisco because that's the city people have heard of and actually has interesting sites <laughs> um otherwise it would have just like been in a strip mall next to a target or something you know think of how magical and organic that experience would have been if that's all they had to work with and so like 
you know, you don't have to rely on there being sites. It's like they're going to make their own fun in the strip mall. Maybe that would be worse. I don't know. Like, as I was saying that, I was like, wait, this is all sounding like a terrible disaster (laughs) that I'm describing. Um, What I don't think was a terrible disaster, but we'll see how Seth feels, was uh, Titans Return Fortress Maximus, which we saw on display at Toy Fair. Disaster. This is unmitigated. It doesn't even look like him. It kind of looks like him. Uh, I don't know, Uh, Seth, do you think it looks like Fortress Maximus? Yeah, it does. All right. I mean, he has that big bluish rectangle on one shoulder. That growth of his. That's a Fort Max thing. Yeah, he's got that box on his left leg. He has Headmaster Headmasters. Oh, yeah, that little thing, too. Uh, They move the electronics up into the head. Oh, that's that's a decent place to put it, I guess. Yeah. Um, How are you feeling about him? Uh, I think he looks really cool. I I, I love the head. And... But just, like, the size and the sort of... Well, I guess gangliness isn't the right term. He looks he looks more substantial than than uh um what's his name? Oh, dude? Metroplex. Metroplex. It's I think a lot of that comes from like Metroplex didn't really have flanks, and so like Fort Max adds two big blocks to the flanks. Yeah, which uh, yeah does a ton for his his girth. Yeah, but I think just like the the size and the cost that's going to be, I'm I'm going to have to not get it, but. It I it is more impressive to me than than Metroplex was. But remember, with these Titan toys, whenever one comes out, it's like it is expensive. But then there's like a season, like this, like one and a half month season, where suddenly everyone marks it down briefly. Uh-huh. Like uh, let's let's say instead of you know spending, I, I'm gonna guess one fifty. I don't know how accurate that is. Say you see him like, oh, you know, this store I'm at, they have him marked down to ninety, or this online store is. Doing a deal for like ninety dollar Fortress Maximus. Well, we'd have to see where we were then, but yeah. Uh, well, how, yeah, how you... I, I mean, it's yeah. I don't want to be down on it at all because I think it's cool looking, and I'm just you know things that turn to bases aren't that much fun for me. So you're not you're not opinion. feeling the uh, the very loud attempt that the Hasbro display is making to show like five billion headmasters standing around on him. Yeah, that looked like they were cheating. <laughs> they were. There's only four headmasters. It's just they're cloned yeah. a whole lot. <laughs> um, I, I think we said last week it would have been funny if they just started like randomly painting a few of them, like just wacky colors to try to make it a little bit more varied. Yeah. Um, yeah the uh, the base mode uh is is we we mentioned it's it's I I maintain. You know, having had a few days to think about it, I still really wish those legs could have folded up into two towers uh, yeah. rather than just splaying out to the sides. Did you get a look? If you look at the um, the official images, there's one shot of his uh, spaceship mode. Um, you, you feeling that one or are you not able to unsee the robot lying down? I think I clicked on the wrong official images. Let me see. Oh, it's the second link under the Fort Max stuff. Oh, yeah, I went too far down. <laughs> Uh, spaceship mode. Just yes. go down past all the heads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's supposed to be oriented the other way around. Yeah, I'm kind of the direction the cannons are pointing. I, but I, it does I'm look like, like I, kind of a space aircraft carrier that way. Yeah, um, I don't understand why it, it's spun around that way, especially since it's the CAD model and it's not like there were any logistics involved <laughs> in that shot. 
Um, but yeah, the uh, the aircraft carrier strips on on the arms. I think that does a whole lot. Like that, I think elevates this mode above the G one version of this mode. Yeah, like it, this actually has the like more of a spaceship shape to it. Yeah, and it almost looks like something that would have come out of one of those late seventies, early eighties space animes, like a like a Star Blazers. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of anime going on with this because it's like, hey, there's a chunk of this ship is actually like basically that the top of that tower is a giant robot and the pilot of the ship turns into his head and then they turn into a bigger head. Unlock <laughs> the power of the Star Blazer ship. Only this Fortress Maximus. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, anything else here with Fort Max I might have missed in the last week or so. I don't think so. Uh, it, was, it was mentioned to me while we were recording that like. The sound chip in the in the head that makes the the G one transforming noise uh, that shouldn't add anything extra to the cost because Metroplex had a sound chip. I just always forget he had a sound chip. Huh. Um. So yeah, I, uh, I I'm really looking forward to just finding out if this guy's knee joints are stronger than Metroplex's. That's all I want really now. Because yeah. <laughs> that was the big problem with Metroplex that made him annoying to mess around with, as he kept falling forward. Um. Well, going going past Fortress Maximus, uh, the rest of Titans Return was there as well. Uh, we got our proper uh, non-chopped up into fifty desaturated images reveals of folks like Chrome Dome and uh, Mind Wipe, uh, along with some Legends stuff. Uh, just just kind of grab bagging through uh, the Deluxes and, Vo- and Voyager reveals here, mostly Deluxes. Um, how are you feeling about this stuff, Seth? You, are you uh, getting a better purview on the Titans Return approach? Yeah, and as I told you just before we started recording, uh, when I listened to the last episode and you guys were discussing all this, I was kind of distracted. Um, mm. So I kind of missed a bunch of what you guys were saying. But So did, did I understand right that some of the guys may have been kind of down on Chrome Dome in a, in like his vehicle mode or something. Oh no, I mean um I I don't think anyone was down on it. I I I kind of talked some smack on it but not saying I I'm not saying Chrome Dome's vehicle mode looks bad. It's just that Chrome G1 Chrome Dome's vehicle mode has always been kind of ugly, but that's his thing. Yeah, well, yeah, because like I think you guys were comparing it to how sleek and space um blurs car mode is oh yeah i i was mostly doing that just to to disparage chrome dome in general for fun like yeah, yeah. i don't think the toy is doing anything wrong <laughs> but i like how radically different their vehicle modes are yeah where where uh blur is like a knife <laughs> like <Yeah>. this long <laughs> sharp sleek thing and chrome dome looks like mad max yeah like I see that car rumbling through the desert, crashing through barriers, barricades, or something. It it just it makes me think of Chrome Dome, like because you know I never watched the Headmasters cartoon, I never read any comics with him in it. Mm. Like I don't have a preconceived notion of what his character is, but it makes me imagine him just from the looks, like his colors and design, as like this kind of badass no-nonsense brawler kind of guy mm-hmm. which i think is cool and i don't care what he is in the comics if it's different 
because my version's cooler. Well, I mean, this this <laughs> toy is not in any way, shape, or form representing the comics one. And like, you know, the the lead the lead guy on the brand literally said, "Chrome Dome in the comics is not actually going to turn into this. Like, this is a toy only thing because we're doing yeah. the Headmasters." And it's like, good because that would have been a whole bunch of work to like that wouldn't have worked with a toy line to pull off in the comics. Yeah. Yeah, then Blur looks cool. Mm-hmm. I like the look of Blur. Like overall, my my feelings on this line is very positive. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's clicking with you so far. Yeah, and then let's see, do they have the other guys? And oh yeah, um, Mind Wipe. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So there's a brainstorm coming. Yes, and that's different than the brainstorm we just got a little while ago. Yeah, the one that's coming is uh, is like a, a super heavy, like the good side of Combiner Wars retooling of uh, Blur, and he's way more oriented towards being the G one toy brainstorm, whereas the the Voyager one we got a year or two ago was based entirely on the current comic book brainstorm. Yeah, and that's a really cool figure. So, like, I could kind of see them trying to do something a little more G one looking if they're doing these other guys that are kind of g1 looking yeah but then is it also just because maybe the way the head works the mechanism is different so it would match all the titans return guys yeah as oh i don't have the photo handy someone brought the voyager brainstorm (laughs) headmaster to toy fair and he looks like different enough from these titan masters that i it's very warranted to be doing a new brainstorm yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the way they attach is different. Yeah, and also because it was a little frightening on that Voyager brainstorm. Or, oh yeah, or, yeah. And and <laughs> and the thing that I really wanted, like, the one mystery that I need solved now is, d- does this new headmaster connection actually work well? Because like that's the entire line. Like, yeah. if that doesn't work well, then there's trouble. But um, I think it's I think it's also good they're doing another brainstorm because of that Chrome Dome. It's like. Um, there's a like there's a lot of love for 87 Transformers in here coming from John Warden especially and so it's like if you're going to do these Titan Masters yeah do me the love letters of what I keep calling the original seven like like regardless of their status in the comics just make toys that are super like G1 toy referential because we already have like comic version toys of of characters like like Brainstorm and there's you know the club toy for Chrome Dome there's no real need to try to like mush their comic appearances with a headmaster gimmick right now. Yeah. Then moving on to Scourge, um, that that's the one that's disappointing me the most right now. Mm. Like with his vehicle mode, I don't mind there being like extra detail uh, sculpted in, but how <clears throat> like the front curved bit has like this plate over it that like hangs over the edges and then beneath also there's stuff hanging out over the edges just kind of wrecks the sleekness of everything to me i think it would have looked better if the front curvy bit was just made more angular and matched up a bit better to everything else yeah like if that plate that's like hanging above it didn't stick out the sides yeah um i think it would work better uh it's it's disappointing. I don't think it looks terrible. It's just it seems like they they the fit and finish isn't there, sort of a thing. Like they had to compromise, mm. and, and then kind of work with what they had. And then so in these like official like 
CAD render pictures. Um, I think the robot mode for scores looks better than the pictures of him next to the Metroplex and that display. Mm-hmm. Like the head looks better. Like the the proportions of the head looks better than the CAD. Yeah, um, I think just, I think it's head looked way too big. Too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I um like the the kind of weird like the way his vehicle mode looks has me almost certain that like he's he's the retool of someone who fits the design better because uh-huh. he looks like a retool of someone else into Scourge in in his alt mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's making me think like, okay, like if blur is already, you know, a heavy retool, like sharing a skeleton thing, it seems like scourge is as well. I'm not sure who to, but he, he just comes off looking that way in his alt mode. And, and yeah. I don't mean that as a bad thing. I just mean like scourge, I think is the one who got the short end of whatever that stick is. Yeah. And there's something about his head that reminds me of like old style Cybermen from Dr. Who. <laughs> Kind of, yeah, the big, uh, like the headdress almost around yeah. the actual head. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's it's like he's got this big thing there to accommodate the actor's head. And then he's got like the one you're supposed to look at kind of like bolted on the front. And then as I'm scrolling through here. So Wheelie's interesting. So um, I, I like his car mode. Mm-hmm. Like I've, there's just always been something about that weird wheelie car that I liked, yeah. And then there's always been something about his robot mode, no matter what state he's in, that I've always hated. <laughs> <laughs> and there's things about this one. The robot is kind of, eh, but you know, he is one of the smaller ones, so yeah. There's more limits. I uh, I got a somewhat confirmation from uh, Mr. Fake Eyes Twenty Two, who was uh, at Toy Fair, um, who showed me a shot he took. He, like he's very, he, you know, he didn't get to check. I don't think, but with a with a different viewing angle, it looks a whole lot like Wheelie's cockpit probably will be able to close with a Titan Master inside. Uh, and if that's the case, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because how it's open in this one picture. Yeah. It's, so hopefully it closes. It would be terrible. Like, what's the point of even putting a Titan Master <laughs> in if you can't close it? Yeah, like like all the Legends toys are trying to have some kind of Titan Master interaction, and I like this version. Like, for Wheelie to actually, you know, as a smaller toy, accommodate one in the driver's seat as opposed to just having a peg on him somewhere for one to just stand there, like, that's awesome. Um, so I, I, I have the trust that that canopy will be able to close. Um, if it doesn't, then yeah, that's going to be a big mark against him that would that yeah. would be a whole point off the review score if i did that or anyone did that yeah then like the the dude shaped cassettes your rumble frenzy check rewind style ones yeah they look all right the birds look horrible <laughs> they're, they're yeah just, they're they're a real bummer man there's a, there's a way of like okay here's here's how I, i've dealt with um the buzzsaw. I almost called him Buzzbeak. That would have been awkward. Um, <laughs> the way I could deal with the bird mode is like, okay, the bird mode, if you flip the wings inverse, then it looks like a bird jet. I can kind of deal with that. The tablet thing is all right. The little forklift thing is all right. It never feels like it has a mode mode. Like it feels it has if like it has three bonus modes, but there's no actual like central mode. And so like, especially compared to, um, rewind and rumble. It's like the value proposition's terrible. 
Because those two guys are like, it's a robot and a tank and this tablet thing. So, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think the birds ended up working out okay. And did you notice how, like, Stripes, the jet quadruped thing, like, he's there, but no one paid attention to him? Like, he's in the yeah. background of every photo. <laughs> yeah, I'm having trouble spotting him, actually. I, I didn't actually find any... I, no, there's a close-up somewhere. I don't even know if it's in our TFW coverage. It might be someone else's. It's like, someone took a picture of him. But he's just there. <laughs> um. So, did we miss a Titan Return category? We did uh, the hey. Luxes and Legends. Was there a specific batch of Voyager pictures? Um, they're they're or mixed is that in all with stuff the, we had seen before. Yeah, they're, they're mixed in with the display pictures, but no yeah, new voices. Like I see Galvatron and Blaster in there, but we'd seen quite a bit of them. Yeah, in the lead up, so and the uh, Optimus Prime, Power Master Prime. Yeah, but Power Master there. Prime is uh, he's he's looking a little bit less hand painted now. Like the gray on him seems like it's actually like settling onto the the color it's going to be. Yeah. Um. So he looks a bit more finished. But otherwise, there's nothing really fresh other than like um, he and Blaster in their base modes can connect to Fortress Maximus, uh, which is kind of cool. Like it's 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 neat that in wave one because they're, they're both in wave one. Right. So in wave one, you're going to have the two city add on segments for Fort Max right away. If you want to, you know, make the whole Titan Master City, have all your little dudes running around. Yeah. And I'm noticing because in this one batch of pictures. It's a bunch of shots of the display, and the shot of Power Master Prime and is directly above Blur. And they're kind of in the same pose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this weird kind of leaning to the side and sort of looking to the right. And sort of tilting their gun out to the right, but not holding it up. Yeah, it's it's the, all right, pose one leg. All right, turn the head. Uh, oh, God, the show floor is open kind of pose. Yeah, but they're <laughs> almost the exact same pose. <laughs> yeah, I I want to imagine like... What, and like, it's like this really weird like kind of yeah. move they're making. I want to imagine like one of them got in that pose and the show floor opened. So it was like, I don't know, just do the same thing on that one. Show there are joints. <laughs> um but yeah i think i think that covers most all of the titans return stuff uh this is all almost entirely i think wave one stuff uh so now we know what you know the we know, we know what the in-hand field is going to be in in a couple months when all this starts coming out yeah and yeah just fingers crossed that the headmaster gimmick worked that was the exact same kind of tension i had with combiner wars was will the combiner ports actually work because if they don't, then this whole thing is going to be a wash. Uh, kind of the same thing with Titans Return. Like, I really hope that because 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 Brainstorm, when he worked, it was fine. But there were times where he didn't work and it was super not fine. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's not going to be a concern uh, on these. Otherwise, that would be a shame. Yeah. Then there's this uh, um, Platinum Cyclonus and Sweeps three pack. Yeah, I, I spent a whole long time talking about how I don't want to buy it, and I, I I wanted to when I saw the bullet point, and then it did like everything in its power to make me not want to actually buy it, despite being ready to give platinum money. So it was, I yeah. was impressed. The clear plastic bits just aren't doing it for me. 
the pattern is wrong. I think the pattern, like the idea is fine, but the pattern is wrong. It, just, it doesn't work. Yeah. And weren't you in the midst of a whole thing of like every sort of different Cyclonus they put out back in those days? You were making Cyclonus and his Armada and naming yeah. them. So were there any phases left to justify getting the Cyclonus to, <laughs> to add to the crew of Cyclonai? I can't think of a name for him. This is like maybe you could call this guy Behold or whatever it was Unicron <laughs> said before. Because, you know, this is when he's just being made. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll call, okay this, with that. we'll call as this guy Behold. As long as you buy it, I'm okay with that name. Oh, yeah, as long as I buy it. This thing's going to run like 120 bucks when it comes out up here. I don't want to spend that. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the uh, the new shaved sweep head? Um, shaved. I'm, man, I haven't looked at the old figures in so long. I'm not really clear what the difference is. Basically, like one of these guys has a beard, but one of them doesn't. Oh, okay. I see now. Yeah. In these shots, it's hard to see the the other one. Yeah, I can see that one is shaved, but it's not the the focus of these pictures. Yeah. Or when it is, the picture isn't focused. <laughs> yeah, it's like they kind of forgot about him for a little while. and <laughs> He's just in the back, hoping nobody notices. Well, in, in this batch of pictures, there's a couple of shots where they were clearly trying to take a picture of it, but one of them is very blurry. Yeah. And then the other one's at a poor angle to really see much. Oh, here's one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. This effort doesn't look like Cyclonus or a sweep <laughs> without the beard, so... He's, he's a young sweep. He hasn't grown his beard yet. He hasn't earned it, sorry. He hasn't earned yeah. the beard. He's still a, like a... one of those foxtail brushes and not a full-blown broom. That's right. <laughs> he's called Dustpan. That's the rank you hold before you become a full-on sweep. Okay, well, now you gotta buy it, so... Damn it! You just named him. <laughs> I've I've been calling him Phil or Frank alternatingly for weeks now. Um, I still haven't settled on a name. Yeah, and as I move through the pictures, the uh, um, I see what you mean about the colors on uh, what's her name? Oh, in Victoria, yeah, the Victorian. The, the yeah. green is like desaturated into almost nothing. Yeah, and have. I'm assuming other sources have had pictures. Yeah. Is it consistent in pictures? Is Was this camera just overexposed? As far as I know, so I assumed it was an overexposed shot, and, and at least two other people I talked to thought it was as well because they thought it was red and white now. Um, but everyone who was there that I've heard from says, no, they, they desaturated the green and left the red alone. Yeah, and it's like we, a faded mint kind yeah, of green. Yeah, and, and like... That was the color to leave loud. Like loud turquoise is cool. And like red, you can dial down to whatever. So I'm I'm hoping this is just the continuing development cycle, not like, all right, we finish. Cause like this would this would be a shame. Yeah. A little weird. Yeah. Yeah, and then they had that junkie on set, but we talked about that in That's out detail now. before. 
There's a there's actually an in-hand review of that on the boards now. A, a couple of people got it. And the the weird surprise of the review is apparently this is the most solid release of 2006 Rodimus since the original. Huh. Like like he's he's super solid. Um and in, apparently in vehicle mode like he might be even more solid than the original. So it's like, hey, we like it's the best delivery of this toy that maybe nobody wants. Happy endings. Yeah, then going into the robots in disguise, um, it that's a line I just really haven't done anything with. Yeah, I figured like so. with with our idea, I just ask you if if anything is sticking out to you, or what do you think of that scorpion fellow? Uh, let me see if I can find pictures to reference. That'd be in the warrior class stuff. There's a scorpionok who's brown. Yeah, I was just looking at Surge Prime. Oh, did you know Optimus Prime for the first time ever is going to fly? That's what the press release said. Uh, sure. He's never you flown mean, before. No, but he was terrible when he was a bat. He just yeah, he never. Well, flew. that was primal. Did they was the bat a fit primal or prime? The bat was called Primal, okay. but in his little mini comic, he's supposed to be G One Optimus Prime. So it's a toss up. He never. It's not proven that he flew though. He might have just been jumping everywhere. Or just sort of fluttering around on the ground, flopping around, <laughs> like yeah. can't actually get off the ground. He's got a broken wing. It's sad. Okay, this Scorponok is kind of crazy looking. Yeah. I like his skinny, long bug legs in robot mode. I still can't. I think those are underneath his scorpion mode, but I like that they're not like just some obvious part of the scorpion folded in a direction to be legs. Yeah, well, I think you could see one of the knees peeking out from under his scorpion mode. So yeah, like the brown connecting piece and the dark gray lower leg. There's all this unconventional stuff about him uh, and his transformation that I kind of like. And uh, the warrior toys have been on an upswing quality wise, so I'm you know, fingers crossed. And you guys were talking about Bisque. Were were there pictures of Bisque? Yeah, the show floor pictures. There's a Legion, like a Legends Bisque. Um and where's my link? Uh oh, robots in disguise images. The first one there, right underneath the Cyclonus's sweeps link. Um, I'll just there's only one picture of him, so I'll just I'll fast forward it to you here. Let me go grab it. It's uh, on the page. I'm trying to scroll through as fast as I can, so it's not just okay. Listeners, wait until we're done. There you go. <laughs> And oh, then, okay. I scrolled right past that. Here's one. a picture where you can also see his car mode. Um, there was not enough focus on Bisque uh, by our photography. It's hard to report on him. Yeah, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I was promised at all. And yeah. nobody promised me anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were taken aside and they said, don't worry, Seth. We got you covered. We know you're a Bisque man. <laughs> we're going to get you that Bisque shot you were hoping for. I almost bought some lobster bisque at uh, Costco today, but the girlfriend groaned. You don't need to now. There's a whole toy coming out of lobster bisque. Turns into a little car. Great. Well, the good news is I don't feel compelled to get it now. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's fine, but I like, and I know Bisque has a bit of a following. But I, I was really into Bisque. Then I watched the whole show, and I saw all these designs I liked a lot more than Bisque. And he's kind of fallen by the wayside for me. 
So, you know, I'm happy for all the Bisque fans, and I'll pick him up because I love the Decepticons from the show, but he's not my top pick at all. Like, like I would have rather seen Kickback because Kickback in Rid is awesome. He's a crazy grasshopper man that turns into a dragster thing, like an open wheel racer almost. Like, it's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, And did you know Optimus Prime for the first time ever is going to fly? Did I mention that yet? Sure. I don't remember him strapping on a jetpack or anything and flying around before that's right you don't because he's never done it before he's never flown ever there's a press release just in case anyone out there if anyone out there wants to start something about this okay it's a press release from hasbro high above okay they said for the first time ever maybe they just meant rid optimus prime has never flown before no, that, that doesn't that doesn't make sense because because he's Prime Optimus who had a jetpack for the entire third season, you know, except for the part where he never flew. So that that can't be it. Like that's impossible. Well, that was Prime Optimus. This is R.I.D. Optimus. They're uh, they're te- they're they're technically the same character. Yeah, but it's a different show. So if he flew mm. in Prime, it doesn't matter because he never flew before in R.I.D. Someone should have asked John Warden about this during that that roundtable. That would have been a valuable use of his time. Someone should have asked the question. Everybody should have asked. <laughs> That's just in the opening question. Every time he sat down, he's like, "All right, uh, TFW, yeah, about this Optimus Prime flying." He's like, "I just answered that to, to, to AllSpark and Cybertron and T Formers." But you, we're you were not sitting, satisfied with your answer, sir. You, you've been sitting at the same table with all. You've heard me answer this four times. Why are you asking me this again? Unsatisfactory answer. Sir. All right, it was funny when Ben Yee asked me, okay? It stopped being funny three questions ago. Ben Yee gets insulted. <laughs> oh, like, oh, I'm funny? Oh, I'm funny, funny to when, you? Funny when I do it, huh? BWTF. Uh, one of the longest running... Fi- okay, yeah, I'm out. Just flips the table over and leaves. <laughs> Is this because my last name is Yee? <laughs> um, Why would it be because of that? <laughs> Sean Moore's just like, I thought... I'm, I'm then, finally, I'm finally then he just makes it worse for himself as he's backpedaling. He just keeps <laughs> digging himself into a hole. <laughs> like, why don't you go and work on G.I. Joe again? Oh, right. He's like, that was More too like deep. G.I. No. Uh, too deep a cut. Seth, did you hear uh, about the current state of G.I. Joe? Uh, that there's like two figures coming out for the yep. whole year. Yeah, that's great. All right. Apparently, they have a logo that they showed off. That's just the movie logo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, what's that? Um, visionaries, they're bringing back Visionaries, but all they have for G.I. Joe is a logo. Yeah. I didn't see the pictures of the Visionary stuff. That's, oh, I'll dig it out for you. Um, that's kind of buried in the in, in the press investor stuff. Um, but yeah, G.I. Joe, like, I think TJ was saying, like, they could have at least, like, just taken a pic, like, you know, from the poster, just taken a picture of, Dwayne Johnson's bicep and just put it in there something to fill out the background because uh okay I found it um now I can't get the link for you but now I can uh it's just it looks all sad between all these other things with their colorful artwork like Micronauts Rom the Space Knight Mask Visionaries and just sort of stuffed in there it's like yeah G.I. Joe I like how much Rom looks like Rom and not like we redesigned Rom totally different now. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Mask looks like Speed Racer at a glance. 
Yeah. <laughs> that really threw me off because everyone's like, mask. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's the Mach 5. Yeah. And, and the word mask is like really invisible. You can barely um, see it. Yeah. Visionaries kind of came around as I was kind of growing out of toys mm-hmm. a bit. Like, I remember seeing the show a, f- a few times, but that kind of came kind of a tail end thing. I just remember thinking holograms were cool. The toys were neat because they were like kind of G.I. Joe posable, but they were way taller. Yeah. They they were really substantial action figures. But like, it was just kind of weird. The dudes that had like a staff with the, this big picture on it. And that was like their thing that they're carrying around. Like, ah, look at this. <laughs> I got a picture of a bear. Ah. <laughs> then in the cartoon, at least like monsters jumped out of the the rectangles on a stick but the poor toys are just like, like they were in a parade or something or well, at a, some weird like holographic protest march or something I, when i was a kid i just always imagined they were like dual handing you know dual hand wielding those giant sticks as like bow staffs and just like clubbing each other with the big hologram end <laughs> just the flat end just swatting yeah. each other like bugs like biff and i thought it was super cool and the and the bad guys had like these awesome helmet designs. Like I, I was really into those toys. I should I should go track some more visionaries down. I wonder what the aftermarket's like on this. I was just gonna say I should jump on eBay and buy everything again. I should jump on eBay and buy everything so you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time. Corner Eat the market it. before the get get in on G one visionaries. Yeah, before we have it visionaries G two. Well, this vid version of Visionaries, they're gonna that's is gonna be a giant smash hit, which is gonna create demand for the old toys. Yeah. So you gotta get them now before they're super expensive. Well, the implication of this picture is that every picture in there is gonna have a movie. So I'm like, the, a Visionaries movie with the right creative team could be pretty awesome. A Visionaries movie delivered the way that the Transformers movies are delivered could be really funny. But not amazing. What if it's delivered in the way that Battleship <laughs> was? Oh no! Or I don't Ouija. want that. Was there a Ouija movie? Yeah, I didn't even notice. I I want to say I heard it actually did pretty good money, but it was like one of those movies that kind of came out around Halloween, and just. It was the horror movie that was out, so people went to it. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, man. Like, like my hope, my hope if Visionary, if these are being done in the slightly more, like, anvil-fisted way the Transformers movies are done, then I would like Visionaries to just be the way I played with them as a kid, where they have, like, a hologram sticker on their armor and on their big sticks, but they just beat each other with them. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all, like, it's all, like, uh like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings level of like costume design. Yeah. And like really intense dramatic acting. And then like when it's time to fight, they're just swatting each other with these picket signs. With yeah. Holograms on them. Just really unsubtle. And like the Foley just like, it's just like, wow. Wow. Bam. Just until like someone's helmet flies off. And they start pounding them in the face. And then, well, when the helmet comes off, then it's the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. 
and like no music either like absolutely no musical score during the fight scenes well it's that really intense thing where when the fight breaks out there's no music and it's all intense and then the music sort of kicks in as the fight goes on but it's like that super like you're just seeing the reality man like there's no music on a real battlefield it's just carnage but it's like just hitting each other (laughs) whenever they do those kind of things bap ow Whenever, whenever they do those kind of things, there's also the thing they do where every time an impact happens and then they cut away, they hold, they like double up the frame of the impact so in you know the viewer's eye it kind of sticks for an extra moment. Yeah, they do that every time someone gets hit in the face with one of the hologram signs. And it's that like super sharpened Private Ryan Omaha Beach. Yeah, where you see every grain of dirt flying through the air. <laughs> Man, the Visionaries fandom will be mad if they put us in charge of that movie. <laughs> yeah, that really intense vocal Visionaries fandom. That there's got to be one. There has well, to be. Well, I'm sure there's people who have like fond memories of Visionaries, but I'm gonna go. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna go look it up. I almost went to look it up, but no, I'm just gonna <laughs> operate on faith that there is a massive Visionaries fandom out there who are super stoked and or mad about the news of this. Um. I think I think a mask film would be incredibly hard to do wrong because all you have to do is have vehicles turn into things. You and make the Fast and the Furious, but the cars have guns that pop out of them. Yeah. Here's my concern with the image that they have here for mask. These don't look like cars that would just be on the street. No, no. Unless this is their popped out crazy battle modes. But I'm not really seeing what this white Mach 5 looking car (laughs) like how that would pass for a Honda Civica or something Um, like it's got to be licensed cars that guns and crud pop out of or if not licensed cars because I don't know Tesla doesn't want to be involved or something GM when hey we were cool with Transformers but not this nonsense then design cars that look like they would be plausible yeah like i just don't want to see a bunch of like fast and furious style muscle cars either like have a couple of those sure fine but i also want to see like like a just a run-of-the-mill boring suv and like just mix in a couple more more uh inconspicuous cars well, I feel like the opportunity Mask uh, offers to all Spark Pictures is like a Mask movie that it wouldn't be great, but that would work is like what they kind of feel like they wanted the Transformers movies to be, which is a bunch of human characters working with big, elaborate, transforming CG props. And in Mask, you don't have to worry about the vehicles talking because they don't. So yeah. you, you kind of you get what I feel the filmmakers on the Transformers movies wanted, which is to have big fancy transforming prop vehicles only you don't have to give them personalities so you can just ignore that part and i feel like that might almost make for a better film where we're not having this battle between cg voice acted characters and then human actors that are barely really interacting with them i don't know could work wouldn't be high cinema but it could work i want the micronauts film okay here's what i want for the micronauts film as far as the transformers tie-in i want micronauts to just be this movie right it's just a movie, a sci-fi movie. And then the post-credit sequence, the Sam Jackson, Nick Fury moment 
is we find out the whole movie took place on the back of Optimus Prime's hand. <laughs> and he's like, what are you? And then the Micronauts are like, what are you? Slammed to black. Lights come up. Movie's over. That's what I would do. I got nothing on ROM. I have no idea what ROM would be. I wish ROM was still a Marvel thing. I feel like the whole, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the the ROM Space Knight movie will be the, I'm really bummed that Marvel Studios isn't doing this movie. <laughs> yeah, I wish he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's good because when I was in kindergarten, that ROM toy was the coolest thing in the world. And the one kid in my class that had one, the day he brought it to school with him, he was the king of everything. I I think, I'm just thinking about it. I think there's actually a real big silver lining to ROM being in this multi-property universe, which is like a like vomit-inducing corporate th- like phrase to say, by the way. Um, if he was in Guardians of the Galaxy or the MCU, he would be such a like bit part background character compared to what I think everyone would want him to be. Yeah. Like well, in this, like in like him being the center picture here, it makes me almost wonder like, is Rom going to be like one of the, the absolute lead characters of the entire multi property universe? Well, considering how long Rom has been out of Marvel comics that you, there's no way of knowing what his status mm-hmm. in in Marvel lore would be right now if he had never gone away, if Rom had been a constant since the eighties or whatever, early eighties, late seventies, um, he could have been like one of the heroes of the infinity gauntlet. There's no telling oh my God. where they would have used them and how he could be like silver server level of importance as far as cosmic characters went. Yeah. He could have been part of planet Hulk. Who knows? Like, and that's one of the things. Or he might have even been more obscurified than he is now. Who who knows what Rom could have been if Marvel if he if he was never out of the Marvel continuity. Well the the Space Knights are still around because they were in the second Annihilation series, but they kinda got jobbed out in that as well. And that bummed me out a bit because that to me, I mean, you know, yeah, the context is not there. Um and it's all kind of what ifs, but the way that they were sort of just used to make you know the villain look cool, I was like, I'm kind, of, I, I don't feel like Marvel really cares about a bunch of cool robot people with red eyes, and that sort of bums me out. Yeah, it's like this is a concept we still have, but we don't have the star of that concept, so yeah, we'll just bury them. I guess <laughs> what's the idea? What a bummer. Um, this, this bunch- I, I just, I just hope these movies aren't. Paramount saying Transformers movies make tons of money, make them like that. There's a decent chance that's what's happening, <laughs> but it's what I assume is going to happen. It's not what I want is going to happen. I think uh, this is the thing I was saying about the writer's room and the annualized Transformers movie. I think like the sheer number of, of movies they are presenting here, assuming that, you know, they all actually get made like I feel like it would be difficult for them to to actually do a Transformers for each of these. Like, it almost is to their benefit that all of these things are happening because there's a greater chance that, you know, really good films could slip through the process that is actively trying to make them, you know, lowest common denominator. Yeah, well, if the mandate comes down, like, 
don't worry about characters don't worry about emotions don't worry about story just spectacle and special effects i don't know i i mean i hope they're cool mm-hmm. but you know it's not like the gi joe movies have filled me with a lot of confidence yeah I've, they, so there's the other silver lining i think is that the gi joe movies have not done super well and so i feel gi joe being included in this part of the message might be don't do what the gi joe movies did um i don't know there's it's, it's a weird conversation where i'm sort of trying to role play as soulless creativityless executives and it's it's difficult <laughs> there's like conflicting messages in my head when i'm thinking about this but i really want to see what happens with this um and and i also would stress like just because there's a slide in this investor thing it doesn't mean this is all for sure going to happen um don't get your hopes up you know 100 percent this is all going to come out but um still could go it still could happen still could go okay yeah, like, I want to see what they can do with this stuff now. Like, more for the toys than for movies. Yeah. Um, like, I want to see what a modern visionary figure looks like. Oh, there's so much that could go right with that. Uh, Like, just, you know, just like a, a good Marvel Legends with some removable armor and a holograph sticker. Well, I could even see him like trying to be more experimental instead of a holograph sticker. There's like a symbol and then you pull out your smartphone and you get some crazy um, augmented reality situation (laughs) where not only do you see a bear in the dude's chest, but then like this bear appears around the guy. I'm I'm thinking of the the bad ending to that where instead of holograph stickers, they they all just have giant ornate QR codes worked into their designs. Yeah, that's... (laughs) They're just beating each other with, like, signposts with QR codes on them. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, I'm into this. Well, what would even... what The best situation would be, they still had the holograms, and then the, the, the AR app can just recognize the figure because of its colors or whatever. And, yeah. And you don't need a code. I like the idea of visionaries just going full 2016 and being covered in QR codes, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they probably shouldn't. Um, I guess, and I don't mean to be you know super cynical in our talk here, but it's worth mentioning that like a couple slides before the movie one, coming off of the tone by which we're talking about the potential of these films, it's like telling great stories in like huge bold white letters. And, I'm, and, you know, you can see the Age of Extinction art all over the place. And I'm kind of like, you're, I guess you want to. You want to tell great stories. I keep working at it a little bit. There's some, there's some holes in the armor. It's like Hasbro might want to tell great stories. Yeah, I'm the sure they do. filmmakers want a paycheck. <laughs> and, you know, the next slide is like, hey, billions of dollars at global box office. It's a picture of a dude throwing money in the air. <laughs> I'm rich, Joe Hasbro. Um, anything else in these slides that that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I think we kind of covered everything. I think is there something you think I missed? Well, uh, let me just pull a let me the pull slides. A slide, is... yeah. I'm pulling the slide oh. open for you. Okay, I think I missed a link. Uh, here, just take a look at this image. 
Um, I just want to tell you that for the first time ever, <laughs> oh, Optimus Prime is going to take flight. Yeah, because he strapped a bird to his chest. Fantastic. Yeah, that the strapping a bird to his chest made the wings on his back actually open. Turns out that's what you have to do. Yeah, either tear Jetfire apart and crush him into your own body or grab a bird from the sky and smash him into your chest. Yeah. Put it in my chest. The the bird's still alive. The bird looks real unhappy about what's happening. Put him in my chest. (laughs) Sam, take that bird. Sam, put it in my chest. You have to. Um, Put it in my chest. I think that about does it for all the slide stuff. The, the only thing left is uh, the John Warden roundtable thing. Um, I don't know if you actually had a chance to, to dig around in that at all. No, I kind of um, didn't get to that one. Yeah, we went we went through a bunch of this stuff at the end of the last oh, show. Oh, man. What? Okay, I'm scrolling through these slides now. And there's a f- slide that says fan calibration. Fan calibration? Yeah. Um, here, let me see. Copy. Or do you mean fan collaboration? Oh, collab. Okay. I'm okay. Sorry. So I was like, fan calibration is a little bit too transparent. <laughs> well, even still, the the like the trans the I'm assuming this guy is supposed to represent the G1 Transformer fan because he has the 1984 yeah, the, T-shirt and the dirty unshaven chin. Yeah, looks like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> Looks more like a frat boy. Ugh. Yo, Optimus Prime, I remember him. I like the want to participate in fan votes guy. He looks like a friendly person I've met at a convention before. <laughs> He's like, hey, I like Transformers. I have a t-shirt. It's like, cool. <laughs> um, I think I said last week, one, one thing for people who are seeing these slides, maybe for the first time to bear in mind, is like these slides are meant for investors. They aren't meant for the consumption of the average public person. And so it's, it's real. I think it's kind of fun, but they, they very easily come off as sometimes a little bit misguided and often incredibly soulless because that's who they're for. Um, Star Wars momentum continues. Yo, it does. You're going to be excited to see what we put BBA on in the future. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you like grapes. (laughs) Check it out. There's a, there's a whole lot about these slides that, like, I think can, you know... It gives you a look into the side of the process that we don't hear from much. Because the people from Hasbro we tend to talk to are the guys who are, like, designers and brand managers who have a real enthusiasm for what they do. And these slides are, like, the the level above that that are a whole lot more interested in... Hey, what's... In the bigger, in the bigger picture, how much money are we making? How can we make more? And how do we grow people <laughs> who will give us money? I don't uh, know what an adult toy fan looks like, but I assume they look like a frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why, you know, everyone was pointing this out. There's a slide in here, uh, the spanning generations slide, I believe. Oh, I the- just found the modern fan slide. Yikes. <laughs> Which, oh. Uh, so it's got some cosplay yeah. girls and it has Poindexter in a purple bow tie. <laughs> I don't know who that's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the executives he's, we're talking about. He's extremely happy, whoever he is. He's stoked. Also, I was confused by the next slide. Levels of engagement where casual fan and super fan are both Transformers fans. 
I saw hardcore fan and all I saw was a guy holding a trophy that said champion and I was like Transformers champion? I, what? Uh, then I saw core fan. I was like, "Oh, this is cross brand, but all oh. your photos are of Transformers." No, he it's a Magic the Gathering trophy. <laughs> yeah. That's a hardcore, but not a super fan. Ma- making poker money on Magic the Gathering is a level below having shelves of unopened Transformers. I like that. <laughs> uh, but Core yeah, fan. like this this stuff is very high level. Uh, I think is the best way to put it. Um, viewpoint on on everything going on. So read it for entertainment's sake more so <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, just mock it. It's more yeah. fun. Make a mock it. Whoa, was that a new Simon? Whoa, Simon error. Oh, it's crazy looking. I saw a new Twister today. Where it's twister. like Twister, you know Twister, right? Well, not him intimately, but you ever heard yeah. of Twister? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what? I played, played a Twister every now and then when I was young. This was like a Twister Simon crossover. Oh, where it was like four paddles connected to a central core that you had to stand on in certain orders. It was interesting. Are you sure you didn't just see a DDR machine? <laughs> it looked like DDR crossed with Twister, but it was it was branded as Twister. It was fascinating. Um, and Seth, I hope course, Simon Air is like something that uses like magnets or something and you don't actually touch it. You just like wave your hands around it. That's what it looks like. Like those look like sensors. Yeah. Um, Seth, the, the, the big news everyone was talking about out of this that I, you know, is worth bringing the new up bop is it. it's the new bop it, right? It's the new bop it. <laughs> Can you twist it? Can you crunch it and shake it? Is it that this Transformers Earth Wars mobile game looks <laughs> a lot like Clash of Clans? No, no, we uh, we didn't really get into that game. I, the trailer for that was so interesting up until like the half second where they showed gameplay, and I was like, "Oh, one of those," and kind of checked out. Um, the impact of older fans on Transformers has gone up to thirty percent of Transformers toy business. Oh boy, uh, that might be bad. <laughs> so we were talking about this last week. Um, the neat, like, yes, the. the the, re- the reason behind that is probably more so based on less kids buying toys uh, than engagement by, you know, non-toy media holding in more people. But it's not necessarily the end of the world either because um, it's the reality that a lot of toy companies are facing. And I think it's it's very important to stay aware of that, that like the way toys were in the 80s and 90s is probably not the way they're going to be in the, the end 2010s and early 2020s. Um, you know, everything's changing. But I thought it was real interesting, and I like that they keep sharing that statistic in a way that is accessible publicly, because I think it's an interesting statistic. Um, but people shouldn't take that either as a means to suddenly have this massive sense of entitlement about what's going on. Yeah. Well, I kind of remember like one of the one of the things oft repeated, like around the turn of the century, was uh, that we're such a small percentage; we don't actually matter. Yeah. And maybe the more we matter might have negative effects if it's not controlled. <laughs> well, I mean, the the up the I think a, a real protective buffer is that Hasbro is a publicly traded decades old company, so they're not mm-hmm. going to fall into the third party trap of like we should interact even more with the people buying our toys. Like they're not going to do that. <laughs> well, I don't expect them to interact, but if they start thinking too much, what do the adults want? And not realize that we probably don't actually want what we keep demanding. 
Yeah. Because... I don't know. There's a level of fan, and I fall into the trap, too. Like, you think you know what you want until you get it. <laughs> well, I think that what what the best way I could think of putting it is, like, everyone knows, like everyone wants something. But as time has gone on, and, you know, as we are all learning more and more, and then, you know, having to relearn more and more about how the toy industry actually works, like, there's a lot of things that, you know, the pie-in-the-sky dream uh, will demand that only a few bullet points of realism can sort of calm down. You know, yeah, well, I remember when the first Transformer movie came out, there was a bunch of people who complained about the movie and then immediately started talking about how bad they wanted the Dinobots to be in it. The next one. Oh, yeah. And I remember warning people in the movie threads like you just finished complaining about how they portrayed these other characters and you're saying the Dinobots are your favorites. Are you sure you want Michael Bay to do the Dinobots? You just saw what he did with these other characters. Are you sure <laughs> you want your favorite characters? Are you sure? And then it turns out when he did them, like they don't show up until two hours into a three-hour movie, and they don't say anything. <laughs> they just run around and smash stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, I I think that some, especially early on when we were doing this podcast, I started falling into the trap of sort of telling people to stop dreaming so weird, you know, so wacky and crazy and, and, and whatnot. But I, I, you know, I think (laughs) stop expecting wacky and crazy things from the movies, like them being good. (laughs) But, but I I think that I would, I would, you know, if I could go back in time and and tell younger me something that I think now would be like, let people think what they want. Just there's a difference between them saying they'd like something and what their actual expectations are. Like, don't, don't actively go around shooting people down because you know, some stuff, from a Hasbro panel. Um, I yeah. love the title of this slide I just clicked onto while you're talking. Core Boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was another thing that, I, uh, that that goes off my thing of these slides are not for us. Is like amidst a whole lot of stuff in Hasbro in both directions, you know, about the, the fact that, you know, boys toys versus girls toys is nothing more than a construct of old men in the 50s who started a lot of these companies like. You know, and it's it's being actively sort of weaved out of several brands. And, you know, there are conversations within other brands about that. It's funny seeing it, like, kind of stick around in these slides. Because I think it's just, like, these are just sort of being rebuilt on top of last year's slides. Yeah, and so it says, number one boy show in time slot. Isn't it on, like, some weird early morning hour? Yeah, like, what, what even are time slots anymore with with, you know, digital distribution of media now? Like, <laughs> yeah, but but isn't it like early weekday mornings or something? I don't even I haven't had cable TV for like five years. Yeah, where, you know, the competing programs are like the view or the local morning news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I think that when they go into the international one, that's maybe more interesting because that's working in countries like China and Korea and, and Japan. Oh, China, um, the only one that matters. That's right. I saw that international outreach focus china yeah that's and that's another one of those these slides are for the money men kind of thing focus china focus on china don't worry we're not going to any <laughs> countries that don't have money we're going to china go to china get the money uh, it back here <laughs> it's the only way we're gonna get it um, yeah. <laughs> yeah the uh, we gotta sell them whatever we can because we buy way more 
the the whole the whole like approach of these slides i'm really glad these are publicly viewable still and like i want to know what these look like you know five years from now compared to now but uh yeah like you know don't take i'll say it a third time don't take this messaging as being for you because it ain't in fact here uh on in plato plato has a slide annual 2015 versus 2014 russia has gone up the most for plato business looks like so that's interesting i i really would have liked to have heard what talking went along with the 2015 revenue slide because <laughs> it's a pie chart franchise brand partner brand other partner brand is in gold and separated and has ray and bb8 near it franchise brand has a couple dinosaurs sticking out <laughs> and then iron man's in the corner so i don't i don't know what our franchise brands their stuff like transformers gi joe partner brands i'm assuming would be star wars and marvel yeah that's what i would assume um you know not actually knowing anything about it sort of piecing it together um like those di- like yeah franchise brand well why would jurassic park be a franchise brand <laughs> I guess they they only did like the one toy line. I guess I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. But I would assume that that would be a partner brand. Yeah, me too. Maybe. Well, then I I think that the the images are all partner brands. So maybe those all yeah. popped up when the partner brand chunk like you know turned gold and separated out. Oh, so maybe this was animated in some way. If Clint... oh, so they're like so at this part of the speech, they're specifically talking about partner brands. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's gold and separated. We're in and an then un- there may have been another slide where franchise brand was gold and separated. Oh, okay. An unprecedented era of entertainment. Uh, I was going to say, if Clint Chapman did any of these slides, that dude loves his animated PowerPoint slides. So that, that I don't know, maybe that was going on. Maybe. Star that's Wars what? momentum continues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. You the movie. It, but... Yo, did you hear there's a Star Wars movie coming out later this year? Uh, what? They're doing another one? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I believe when I see it. Um. Anyway, is there, I think that, that about covers everything Transformers-wise and Hasbro-wise from Toy Fair. Yeah. Um. Seth, did you take a look at anything else that went down at Toy Fair away from the Hasbro brands? Um. There, I remember seeing a lot of pictures popping up on Twitter that weekend. And unfortunately, nothing is sticking in my head right now that I had seen. Um, Who was that? Now I can't even remember the dude's name. Was tweeting a (laughs) lot of pictures. Um, Fake Eyes. Oh, yeah, Fake Eyes. Yeah, Yeah, Fake Eyes was tweeting a bunch of stuff. Our Twitter man on the floor, Fake Eyes 22. Here, I'm going to his the media on his Twitter account. And I'm just going... Past all of his little funny pictures. There's Phasma on a cat. Um, there's the Emperor on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, this is better there's than Toy Fair stuff. with a white socks hat. <laughs> <laughs> this is also where we're, I guess, selling you guys on going and taking a look at all the pictures that he takes. Because they're all He's pretty great. Mushing a baby's face for some reason. <laughs> Okay, it's the oh yeah the Ghostbuster stuff. Oh, I don't yeah I know I remember I saw a uh, a news story about the was it the Pixel Dan video kind of spoiled the identity of the villain of the new Ghostbusters movie. 
Is it this? The spoilers! Of... Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you don't want to know, skip ahead. Okay. Well, Here, I mean, it's a toy from Toy Fair that was on display <laughs> that looks like a, like the Phase Two Mahjong Boo version of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It's the ghost from the Ghostbusters logo. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay, that's dumb. <laughs> I always wondered who he was. So I thought they just redesigned the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and they're like, "Oh, they're doing that again." No, this is this is the ghost from the logo with a bow tie. Okay, now I see it. The little jaggedy teeth threw me off. Yeah, I could I could have done without those, but I like I saw apparently there's a lot of debate over this, which I have trouble taking seriously. But I don't really see how it's a bad idea. I guess like it seems like a logical piece of imagery to draw from knowing nothing about the context of it. Yeah. Like I don't, I I saw, I mean, this is the hyperbole end. I saw stuff like this is the final assault on our childhood. They won't even leave the logo alone. And I was kind of like the, the logo literally <laughs> is a logo. It has no feelings. It is a visual landmark to get you to spend money. That's what the logo is. <laughs> like, do you, the logo is going to still be the logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm almost excited about the He-Man and Thundercats stuff, mm -hmm. but not extremely excited. Just kind of almost interested. I got. I mean, uh, the the filmation He-Man is uh, now in people's hands, and apparently he's like one of the best figures in a long time to come out of that line. So that's that's a nice thing to hear. Yeah, and they're, like, doing some weird deep cuts. Like, Fake Guys had tweeted this picture. I forget the name of the vehicle, but it's it's the, the evil vehicle with, like, the saw blade teeth all the way around it. Oh, yeah. that's I mean, that's the way I would describe it. Yeah. The, <laughs> I, I had the model kit version of that as a kid. Yeah. Which was sweet. Like, they did a bunch of He-Man vehicles that were kind of different than the official toy. Like, there was some design differences but they were model kits so they were cheaper but they were in scale so you could still stick your he-man dudes in them and they were dope um but that comes with like this blue dude that looks like a concept art of skeletor with like this big long kind of beak skull face and viking horns where so i was like i don't know what this is and then it was cleared up so it was like from some weird picture book yeah so like that's kind of a cool deep cut i mean the, the that whole classics line like i think ever since a couple of years ago deep cuts went from being cool extras to kind of we need this is becoming the backbone of what we have left to make figures of yeah which i think is actually super cool that like hey this line has gone to the point where we are now going to lean on the deep cuts because that's all we have left to do and it's like yo congratulations like that's uh, that's an accomplishment to get there um I can't imagine someone trying to collect the line now from scratch because that seems insane. Um, who's so there's oh, one man. I just came across something that I hate from his pictures. One of these guys from the He-Man pictures is like a guy with an armor hat that has two giant mammoth tusks coming out of it. Yeah, that thing looks nuts. I don't Who know if this? that's from, but it's crazy looking. That dude looks like he has a hard time walking. Yeah, I like him. He looks kind of he looks kind of I don't know. He's brave. I mean, it looks cool, but I don't know what it's from. Yeah. But so scrolling through Fake Eyes' pictures here, there's something from a Mattel display that I hate. 
All right. <laughs> I didn't see this before. Uh, WWE zombie action figures. Oh, so I have a little. So I, I've heard a little bit about this before Toy oh, Fair. Apparently, boy. these were these were concept figures that they had at I think New York Comic Con or some other show, and one of them was Hulk Hogan. And Uh-oh. then they were all bummed out because it was like literally at the time that Hulk Hogan was retconned and they were like, maybe we're not going to ever get to do our zombie toys we really want to do. But, yo, clearly they are because they're all chilling out. There's just no zombie Hulk Hogan. Um, the, the thing I'm kind of confused by is why why is Paige not green? Uh, to imply she's already a zombie? She's or very she, pale. Is she a secret zombie or is she like just pretending to be one? I don't know, but like with this rash of injuries that the WWE has been dealing with, like depicting their wrestlers as like rotting corpses might not be awesome. Yeah, and I mean, like the one that's The Rock also has like a head injury, and it's kind of like, isn't that the last thing you guys want to be talking about? (laughs) Head injuries? Uh, Also, Zombie Undertaker is a concept I have trouble dealing with. Yeah. I do like the Triple H, though, where he's just ripped all the skin off of his head. To... Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah, they're really bad. That's a real bummer. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you could say about it, I guess. Oh, well. Yep. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, Mattel got the Halo license away from McFarlane. That was some big news. Oh, like those Halo figures he took pictures of are the Mattel ones. Okay. Six-inch in, six Mattel Halo toys. I just saw a Halo figure. I know what I was in for and just kept scrolling and didn't really look at them. No, those are going to be like in scale with like Mattel's DC and He-Man stuff. And that means that maybe, you know, their joints will also be a bit better than some of the McFarlane toys I messed with. No, they'll be a bit bigger, a bit oh. girthier. I don't know enough about Halo to really know who any of these people are, except that the green one's the main guy. I can't let my girlfriend know about this Finn Balor figure that's coming. You should get her a Finn Balor figure. And she could buy it herself. He's got his Venom face! (laughs) That's great. And there's a 1-2-3 kid back there for everyone who wants a toy of him. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone. Um... All right, I think that about does our, our Toy Fair talk. Unless there's like anything I've missed, but I, I can't think of anything I've missed. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to reconvene, and we'll talk about some other stuff. Like maybe what we got this week. <gasps> uh, so stay tuned for that, because it's happening right now. All right, let's get to my guests right now. Now, doink the clown. You are <laughs> laughing, having a good time. Don't you think you should take the one, two, three kids seriously? You want me to take him seriously? How can I do that? He's just a young kid. Hey, other people have <laughs> failed to take him seriously, and they have been upset. The same thing could happen to you. Oh, like who? Oh, Razor Ramon. <laughs> You're putting me in the same category as Razor Ramon? He doesn't know who he is or what he is. Now you look at that, a little kid is going to get in the ring with me. <laughs> you think he's going to make a clown out of me or something? <laughs> All right, one, two, three, kid. What do you have to say about this match? Well, everyone knows that behind all that makeup and that funny-looking wig and all that, that doink, you're a, hell, you're a heck of a wrestler. And I don't know what to say, but I'm going to give it my 110%. And if you don't Ooh, give it yours... Is that your weight? <laughs> if you don't give it yours, doink. You want some candy, little kid? <laughs> doink, get, let, let him speak up, will if you? If you don't give it yours, you might end up 
the laugh might be on you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you, oh, you mean the one, two, three? You're going to hear one, two, three, kid. <laughs> but you'll be counting the cracks in the ceiling when you hear it. Hey, Doink, everyone knows you like to prey on youngsters. Do you have anything planned for the one, two, three, kid? Plan? There's no plan. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm gonna make a joke out of him. <laughs> Is that so? And what what would happen if the joke winds up on you? What would happen? What are you doing? Everyone dreaming? knows that in the World Wrestling Wake Federation, up, can <laughs> we'll just have to see when it comes. All right. Best of luck to you. One, two, three, kid. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Russo. You'll need eyes all around your head for this match. Hi, everyone. We're back. Seth, I got a listener question for us. I would like to hear a listener question. And then do a terrible job answering it. This is a listener question from Switchblade, who says, Hi-ho! Switchblade, the podcast listener here, with the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, podcastational listener question for you. Switchblade clearly has been watching The Muppet Show. Uh, he goes on to say, I know from a basic contextual clues that you guys are all around the same age as me, and we're all around during at least part of the original Transformers craze of the mid-80s. That also means that you were around during the heyday of awesome toy catalogs. So I'm curious, did any of you have that one toy or toys that you saw in a catalog, be it pack-in ones that came with Transformers or the Sears, JC Pennies, etc. wish books, that you really wanted but never got? What was it? Did you ever track it down later in life or get a modern reimagining of it? I'm asking this because we've recently seen the new Make Toys version of Point Blank. Of all the Transformers product catalogs I had as a kid, only the 1987 one has survived to my adulthood. Of all the movie toys, combiners, and Dash Masters from that, two of them always captivated me in particular, and one of them was Point Blank. I never knew anything about the character, but I always thought he looked really cool. I felt the same way about Misfire too, the Magenta Crab Claw Jet Decepticon. I never got either figure, and neither one has merited an homage so far. Fingers crossed for Titan's Return. Just curious if you guys have any of these old catalog yearnings. I'm thinking mainly Transformers, but I spent enough hours poring over LEGO's annual product books that I won't complain if you go off topic. Oh, Blacktron sets, why did I only ever get one of you? Thank you, and good night. So that question like brought me back to the bulk of my like ages eight through 12, where I spent a lot of time with just about every Transformers catalog, like over and over thinking about all these cool toys that as a kid, I just assumed were going to keep being made forever. They weren't. But uh, Seth, what was your catalog experience like? Did you have any any catalog grails? Yeah, it's an off topic thing. But it's I remember right. flipping through the Sears catalog one year um, when it came out and flipping to a page and being like, oh, it was a page with a big display of all the toys for Clash of the Titans. And there was a Ooh. massive Kraken figure. And man, I thought that was the coolest I was into that. And I ended up never having any Clash of the Titans figures. <clears throat> but I remember just the Kraken figure. It was so big. And it was this big crazy monster, sea monster with arms. And oh, it was cool. You think you'd ever try to track one down someday? No. And even uh, if I saw it, I I wouldn't get it now. Are but you over, over just, Clash of the Titans? You just over yeah. it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but like... So when the question came up, like, what was the thing you saw in a catalog that you never got? And that's the first thing that popped in my head. Like, as you were reading that, because I I hadn't re pre-read this, like, you kind of threw it up just now. <laughs> yes. But as you were reading that those conditions, like, that memory was the, the first thing that popped in my head. 
Seth, I'm imagining that you're sitting there, like, you know, in front of your microphone, your eyes slowly widening and you're slowly gaping and you're just mouthing, like, silently, the Kraken. Release it. Just all Into cinematically. Into my heart. This massive, just, you know, like, push zoom on you as you're like, I remember. Um, mine's a real easy answer because I spent a ton of my childhood obsessed with Fortress Maximus, Ape Face, and the other one. The horror cons. Um, because in the catalog pictures I had, I couldn't tell how they transformed. So I was convinced they were the best Transformers ever made. Um, I've since gotten all of them. Um, Fortress Maximus, I got the Encore reissue. And he's still pretty cool. But he's actually not all that complicated to transform. They just took pictures of him from the right angles for the catalog shots to confuse me. Um, as for the horror cons, I got those from Aaron. And like, they're cool. But... They are kind of like the white parts on Ape Face, especially, are kind of yellowed. And I don't really, I want to take them apart and try to clean the toy up and give it repro labels. But I never really want to set the time aside to do it. So I just don't know what I'm going to do. So that one, that the horror con grail really ended on a, on a bit of a piffle, unfortunately. Um, one day I need to sit down and re-whiten all the dirty brown scummy bits on, on the white plastic. Uh, but yeah, those those were for years. My, like and and I think the horror cons actually did pay off in an engineering sense because they are really cool to transform. But uh, this isn't one of those listener questions where I would say, "Hey, dear listener, this is a real simple question with a real solid base. Sink your teeth into it, and whatever you taste, spit it out into the thread, and let's all combine our spit into a giant puddle." This analogy went places I wasn't expecting. I thought it was going to be cute. It got gross. Um, I, I don't, I can't think of an off topic thing catalog wise, except for like maybe some new adventures of He-Man stuff once in a German catalog. That's about it. Um, but yeah, man, I wish that was a weird cartoon. I've never watched it. I only had toys. I've seen some clips, but I remember there was a joke. Skeletor made a joke to like a guard. Like and it was like kind of a like a really kind of like joker kind of thing where like he's being humorous but it's very threatening at the same time. Yeah. That I remember thinking was like like ahead of its time and better writing than this weird ass show deserved. It was something <laughs> about like holding not being able to hold your breath when you don't have lips or something like that. Man, I can't remember. <laughs> but it was it was really kind of dark. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Skeletor's like telling these dark jokes and he's like oh and by the way I have no skin on my face my head is a skull <laughs> Um, I hope that answered your listener question uh, Switchblade yeah like it's far but kind of also on the, like I, I think the reason why I aren't naming any Transformer memories is because in more recent years I've kind of gotten everything I ever really, really wanted. Mm-hmm. So there's not that kind of like, oh my god, memory. Except for maybe Dinobots. I never really got any of the G1 Dinobots even to this day. Just yeah. too expensive. As time went on, the main thing that held me with the catalogs was more the mystery of how some of those toys worked. And then over the course of the 2000s, a majority of those mysteries were solved, whether or not I actually bought the toy. And... That that kind of took a lot of the mystique away from me. 
But yeah, uh, listeners, please let us know your catalog grails. And also just any cool catalogs you might like any weird like regional uh, consumers distributing catalogs or something that you might have gotten your hands into when you were little or when you were older. I don't know. There's no, there's no age limit on this. But uh, while you're all sorting that out, Seth, let's talk about some what we got this week. Let's talk about Transformers we might have got this week. Seth, oh. did you get any Transformers this week? I did. <laughs> yeah, what? I got that Masterpiece uh, Ironhide. Masterpiece Ironhide. I got that one. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Like, one of the things that I really like with, with the the recent car autobots is um like from the previous designer Mm -hmm. is how much of the original transformation was in all those guys yeah and so like when you pick up your uh your um whatchamacallit or who's his face like any of the dotsons or the lamborghinis yeah um well especially with the dotsons like if you had experience with the G1 figure, like you kind of knew the big basic moves and then could fairly easily uh, figure out um, like the more detailed uh, movements from there. Yeah. Uh, going into Ironhide, I didn't know what the hell to do. And, well, <laughs> I mean, thank goodness he doesn't reference the original Toys Transformation. Right. <laughs> and you couldn't if you wanted to without it being a completely different thing when you're done. Yeah. Um but he's he's a lot better in person than the pictures we saw leading up to his release, I would say. Yeah, we we had a little discussion about this a couple weeks back when I got mine. Yeah. And so I I was wondering if it panned out for you the way it did for me that like once you actually get that hand feel factor going in your palms and your fingers, like the feel of transforming him is like such a huge factor in what makes him work. Does the face on yours pop off pretty easy? Yeah, it's because he's got... So they actually built his his mohawk to be able to push forward to help you pull the face off. Yeah. And the problem is that's also where I tend to grab his head. So I, I often accidentally bump his face off. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was... So I tried transforming him without the instructions and got to a point where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and... Now, looking at the instructions, it's just it's going to be hard, more difficult than it needed to be because I have things in places they're not supposed to. But I'm going to start figuring this out. And like I'm working on his legs and I guess my finger brushed the mohawk and his face just went flying. <laughs> and I'm just like, what broke off and where did it go? What is this piece? Like when I found it, it was like face down. So it was just the back of the face. You're like, where does this even come from? This doesn't yeah. look familiar. Yeah. And I don't recognize what it is at all. I'm like, what even is this? And then I flip <laughs> it over. I'm like, his face? What? Wait, you're the? Like, like, why? Where did his face come from? <laughs> yeah. Like so many of these figures that have alternate faces and stuff, it's like a, it's a whole deal to pry them out or. And then this one is just, like, spring-loaded almost. Well, I mean, like, engineering the Mohawk to help, like, the thing, like, the the main thrush of that I think is awesome because one of my least favorite things about especially unofficial um, masterpiece alikes is that switching stuff like heads and faces often involves, like, screw removals and all kinds of nonsense I just don't want to go through for a simple face swap. And so on Ironhide, it's just like, no, there, put on his screaming face. All right, cool. 
Yeah, but it's good. I mean, the the sled thing is kind of weak. No tank treads. Yeah, so, and we discussed that leading up. Maybe a third-party company is going to do a sick um, third-party tank thing. Yeah. Uh, for them, which would boss. Um, but then, so, I was kind of thinking uh, and just thinking weird things yesterday when I wasn't being furious and livid at work and ready to threaten people <laughs> and then going oh crap and now i can't remember what happened in the last 10 minutes of this podcast either. yeah <laughs> um so i started thinking weird stuff and so i started thinking like about murder. The, <laughs> nah, well yeah <laughs> um so i started thinking about the inevitable um ratchet uh figure Mm-hmm. based on this and i started thinking like oh like you could do a custom figure where where you get the ratchet and you, you either uh, remove or paint over like all the the medical kind of stuff and just take off the light bar and just turn them into like a white utility van and then i started like coming up with a voice for the character and a name and uh i, I decided his name would be creep out mm-hmm. and he'd be like hey Hey kids, I'm, I'm a transformer. You want? You want to see? Hey kids, want to see me transform? Creep out Decepticon <laughs> candy van. I turn. I turn into a van. It's pretty cool. There's a there's a mattress in the back of the van. It's pretty cool. You want to see me transform? I'll transform for you. And neither faction even wants to take responsibility yeah, for him. Yeah, he's not an Autobot or a Decepticon. <laughs> Nobody wants him. They've all ditched him. Yeah. Like, he uh, showed up at the Autobots first, and it's like, oh, welcome, brother Autobot. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Optimus Prime, you know, you know, the, you got Spike's phone number. <laughs> He starts getting untowards <laughs> towards Chip Chase. Hey, Chip, you need, you need a ride anywhere? And then they ask him to leave. <laughs> Megatron, like, welcomes him with open arms. Yeah, and Megatron's after- like, I got this idea. We're going to bring in this dude. He's like an Autobot. He's a car, right? And we're going to do some crime with him. People are going to blame the Autobots. And, hey, Megatron, you want... Want some Energon treats? <laughs> After one day, Megatron's like, "Listen, I might be up for doing some real vile stuff, but this is beyond the pale. Get out!" Sends them on like some crazy mission off planet. Just no, just keep going. No, just yeah. Whenever Creep Out arrives on a planet, he has to go and contact. He has to knock on every door and you know explain his situation. He's <laughs> Creep Out, his farmer. Dark places. <laughs> So yeah, I'm looking forward to when they put Ratchet on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> get a two-pack. <laughs> yeah. That's a good toy that they made. The feel is is uh, is such an immense factor. Uh, yeah, the van mode's really good. Um, it's solid, too. Oh, When yeah. I started probing around for like, okay, where's the parts that move? Like, it, it took a little bit of tugging and pushing to to start finding bits that moved. This solid van. My favorite part about going back to the van mode is at the very end, like no matter what tabs you have in or out, 
when you push them together, like everything that isn't lined up sort of like sucks into place and just seals up. It's like magic. It's really cool. And yeah, it's clean. I like how little it is too compared to his robot mode. Yeah, and but it still seems substantial compared to the other cars. Oh yeah, it's because he's got that whole robot folded up in it. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's just, it's something that that whether or not you like the look of the toy, you've got to at least get a chance to play with one. Like it, it's so fun to transform. Yeah, we discussed before the the cool detail of that just chunk of folded up robot on the inside of the windshield has like the the cruddy sticker face sculpted yep. into it. <laughs> And guess what fan mode everyone's been figuring out their own version of the moment that toy got in people's hands. That windshield face. Yep. So many really cool takes on that that I've seen. Like, we'll it's inspiring. Look them up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, like going by because there's apparently some early review samples bumping around. Um, going by the, the in-hand reports of Masterpiece Hot Rod, it sounds like he has the same hand feel factor going on. We're like, you know, his looks are not perfect all the way around, but everything on him moves really well and feels good when it's like clicking into place. And uh, that has me excited. Very stoked. Stoked? Stoked like a fish. Uh, anything else Transformers what? on... Yeah, that's right. Anything else Transformers on your end, Seth? No, not at current. All right. Um, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to go into super detail on them because, again, like I've I've... I've discovered that I actually have a lot more fun talking about what I got stuff at length when other people have it too, so we can have a conversation. Gonna say with with the even team, yeah. I like talking with them better. You stink. You're the worst at this. Generally, Mm. Seth. I don't. I I prefer talking about wrestling with Seth. So we're going to be rebranding this the wrestling team. Yay! That's going to make somebody happy and a bunch of people sad. And then we're just going to talk about Lucha Underground. (laughs) <laughs> Which I haven't seen, so <laughs> you describe me. We could do a whole series where you just you just describe each episode to me, and I go, "Wow, that sounds nuts." <laughs> someone, so someone on Twitter, and I think I favorited it, but I've still dig it out from the link out from somewhere. They sent me so they, when they heard I was watching Lucha Underground, they said, "Hey, I, a friend of mine wrote this for a site. It's like a viewer's guide to Lucha Underground, exp- like summarizing every episode and also just just marking every <laughs> this episode." Nuts. Well, it's just marking every episode as like must watch, should watch, or skippable. Um, and so I told, like, I, I took a look at the episodes I'd watched. It was actually a really good recap, uh, and it made me excited to keep watching. But I was like, I, I'm gonna, I've already committed. I'm gonna just watch the first season, but I'll go back and read over this. It was a really well done guide, and it opened in a way that had me really excited because it was the, the writer basically saying. It's incredibly hard for me to tell you to not just watch the entire first season, but I understand not everyone can watch like, you know, 30 some episodes that are an hour each. But if you can, you should just watch the whole first season was the recommendation. Um, anyway, I, I never got that whole like skippable episode, must see episode like uh, I think like it was it- on Giant Bomb. Um, Dan Riker was talking about watching uh Next generation for the first time. Yeah, I was going to say Star Trek with... and somebody like, oh, did you follow this guy's guide and just watch these episodes? And and like I'm listening to them talking about, I'm like, well, are you going to watch the show or not? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like like Next Generation is is a perfect example of the few shows where I'd say that you you could just watch bits and pieces because I mean, you could, but it, it's not like a serialized show. 
But when something serious like Lucha Underground is serialized, there's an ongoing storyline. Like to me, it's insane to skip episodes because like every episode has a contribution to the ongoing plot. So like, why would you skip an episode? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think if I'm going to start watching a show, I'm just going to watch the show. Yeah, just you know, take, jump take, around, take the hits with the misses. You know, it's like when when sometimes you know, and I understand people's time is valuable. I'm not trying to say it's not, but like sometimes when it's like, hey, I, I try, I, I wanted to watch the show everyone talks about. I watched one episode and it wasn't good, so I'm not going to watch the rest of the show. And I'm kind of going like, you know, that every single show ever made has a, at least one crappy episode, right? Like. That seems like a weird criteria to operate on when, like, for a show that is being lauded enough that you wanted to go check it out. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, what I was getting at is I got some Transformers. I'm not going to go super in deep, but I, I got uh, the, the the final two waves of Combiner Wars. I got Bruticus and Sky Rain uh, to kind of okay. close the book yeah. on Combiner Wars for me. Because I, I really like Combiner Wars. I actually, like, Titan's Return looks great, but I love Combiners. So Combiner Wars, I think in the in the long run, is going to be a bigger hit to me than Titans Return just because it is like aimed directly at my sweet spot. So I wanted to, to close the book on it. And uh, Bruticus is real good. That's a real good team of toys. Um, if Blastoff had a different head, I would say that it's a perfect wave. Uh, you know, small QC problems aside as people got them. My Brawl, the tank that everyone oh. had had a problem with. Uh, apparently I got one of the, one of the good ones because <laughs> mine, his waist actually kind of locks together. Uh, it still looks weird cause he has no stomach, but his waist locks together. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he just turns out real good. I also got the perfect effect hands and feet for him because they're an improvement on the original perfect effect hands and feet. Uh, the hands are a little bit meatier and the feet are a little bit more detailed and, uh, have a much better gun mode. So overall, it's like it's a great set. Uh, I, I really dig it. I'm hoping to also mess with the uh, the GCI add-ons like they're doing their own feet and their own cannons and stuff. And I like the idea of like, you know, various different add-ons for Combiner Wars because like the toys are such a palette to work in. So I'm not opposed to kind of doubling up on sets for figures if they're done by different people. But uh, Bruticus is, is, is really cool. Sky Rain, I'm in love with. Uh, like it's, it's, it's really cool set and it's hard to really explain why without being able to go like, look at this part that moves and blah, blah. But it gives me a lot of hope for, for the potential Lyokaiser set. And also the Sky Rain team, like there's something about them that I find charming. It's like Wheeljack, Hound, Trailbreaker and Smokescreen are just like the guys who all pulled the short straw and they're stuck with Skylinks as a boss and Skylinks <laughs> is a terrible person. And so I just imagine like Skylinks like taken to the skies and going like Link's team to the air and Wheeljack's just going like ah, n- none of us can fly, buddy. Like what? That's idiot. <laughs> and you know, and Hound's just like, oh, just let him have his moment, guy. Like just let him, let him enjoy it. He projects a hologram of them flying after him. <laughs> yeah, just to so, make him feel good. <laughs> just like we'll we'll catch up to him later. It's fine. Yeah, like like you know, taking for granted the the notion that Wheeljack would have had a big hand in all these Autobots suddenly being able to combine, like you know, the, the one of the pioneers of the technology is teamed up with one of the worst abusers of it, Skylinks, and then the <laughs> other three guys are just like, we're the three Autobots who didn't team up with Optimus, and like I just feel like there's a cool Motley Crew feel to it uh, as a character thing. Well, Wheeljack was so busy, yeah, he couldn't get away to join a team he just had to be on the leftover squad 
Yeah, he just, he has the technology in him because he's like, I'll tech, I'll try it out on myself first. I do like my wheeljack voice, by the way. It's pretty good. Yeah, so you know, he's just like he's he was so certain that someone really cool would also be a torso, and then he finds out it's Skylinks, and he's like, "What are you doing with my technology? This is terrible." Yeah, I saw all, all the deluxes for that wave at a Target a little while ago, and then never seen them again. <clears throat> and I think I decided I'm gonna skip that wave sans Skylinks because he's Skylinks and he's nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to pass on the deluxes for that wave. They're not amazing. Uh, Wheeljack uh, in his robot mode, like they're like I've seen it. A lot of people have done it. If you add black paint to his to his hands and to his chest, he looks suddenly like a million times better. Without that black paint, holy crap, he looks bad in <laughs> robot mode. Um, but like you know, they're not. I don't. I don't. I think actually Trailbreaker is the real star because he has so much new stuff on him. Um, and he's he's based on the G1 toy trailbreaker, so he's got like a cannon for one hand. And then like if you use him as a combiner arm, his hand foot gun it has like a remolded part, so it's like a claw hand rather than like a, a regular four-fingered hand. Uh so there's like some neat stuff in there, but you know, the Skylinks is the star of the wave. And his torso mode is by far like one of the best torsos of the what, like four major torso designs. Uh-huh. Um it's it's really good and it has like the only problem with Skylinks is that some of his joints can be a little bit loose and I would say I'm going to say it, you know, I am not going to disagree with anyone who says I don't feel like I should have to modify a Transformers toy. If you feel that way, there's a chance that you're going to really not enjoy Skylinks. But if you're up for modifying joints a bit, I think he can become really good. Like I got a good one, so he's more or less fine. But in combiner mode, his combiner hip ratchets on the forward and backward motion, there's not very much tension in there. But somebody has a tutorial video up on YouTube of how to add the tension. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. And oh, then I, I can add the tension. You can you can add the tension because you can just go like, yeah, well, I what if I told you I'm racist against flying lynxes? How does that make you feel about this whole conversation? And I'm like, that's tense. Um, but Skylinks is I, I really like him and I'm I okay a lot of people who got him are like if only he wasn't so small I guess if you're talking about compared to the G1 toy because like he doesn't feel like a small toy to me I don't in, I'm really kind of surprised by the number of people saying this toy is small because like I, I pulled him out of the package I looked at him and I was like this is like a beefy little quadruped and then Kryn, who was sitting next to me, says, wow, he's so big. And I turn to Kryn, I'm like, people are calling this tiny. And Kryn is like, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I kind <laughs> of agree. <laughs> like, this, the, He's he's kind of hollow, but the offshoot of that is he looks voluminous. He's Of course, he's not as big as G1 Skylinks, but like as a Voyager toy, if you get him and Onslaught at the same time, like he he visually struck me as looking bigger than Onslaught in his robot mode. I don't know. Um, I really dig him. I, I I was really pleasantly surprised by him. Um, and like I already liked the concept. I was I was worried the execution wouldn't work, but I think it does. So uh, yeah, like I I would say anyone should go out and pick up Skylinks. By far, you don't need those limbs. I like the limbs, but I you don't need the limbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's. I think that about does it for my Transformers. What I got. I've been. Uh, yeah, I think if. If if they came out earlier in in Combiner Wars, yeah, I, I would have gotten it. But by this point, like those are all kind of recycled molds, and 
It's like I'm kind of over it a little bit. And so. and I mean, you know, what better four molds to occupy the slot that is the wave sometimes people don't even get to see, right? Like, it's four really weird deluxes that a lot of fans don't seem that interested in. I'm like, isn't that better than, like, if Defensor was the wave six toy? Yeah. Like, this is, like, when people say, oh, my God, I can't believe there's all these repaints, retools, and then there's junk like Ultra Prime and Sky Rain, I'm kind of like, that means you're still getting four regular combiners, and, like, isn't it good that you don't want all six waves? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel, sometimes there are conversations where I, I kind of feel like, this the, you, what you're describing to me sounds like a boon that you don't actually want six waves of you don't want six waves of buying every toy that comes out. Yeah, like I'm really enjoying it because I love combiners, but it also certainly is like you know when these waves start dropping, that's a big hit because it's like oh I suddenly need to simultaneously buy four deluxes and a Voyager, and sometimes a Legend all at once to feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. You know, like being able to skip that twice and being able to skip the last wave that might be hard to find. That just sounds like, yo, you're having an easier time of this than me. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, one more story about uh, um, Masterpiece Ironhide. <clears throat> so after I get it transformed, I hand the robot mode to my girlfriend. I'm like, uh, what do you think is the bit that some of us find the most humorous about this guy? She's like, uh, what do you mean? I'm like, what physically about it do you might think? could be considered humorous and she's looking at him looking at him looking at him she goes uh the giant diamond crotch I'm like, no that's pretty good but no and she's looking she's like i i don't know what to look for I'm like turn it around and she turns it around and just starts laughing at his <laughs> tire ass <laughs> yeah uh yeah that i'm kind of i kind of am endeared to that part of him like, I get that a lot of people are looking forward to mods or, you know, new components that can let those tires go somewhere else. But I'm kind of like, is this not part of his identity now? Like, well, like that's had, his butt. I had tweeted the picture, but I, like, posed him. So he's, like, kind of squatting, sticking his butt out, and then looking back over his shoulder at you and left it on the coffee table that way. And <laughs> she's like, what's this pose supposed to be? I'm like, look at it from this angle. And she goes, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, I don't know, it's a cute thing that he's doing that's weird, and I, I don't mind it. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, T-16 Skyhawk, took some pretty good pictures of that, too. And, like, those those tires are on joints that you can rotate just enough to, like, if you untab things, you can kind of get it to look like his butt's wiggling. <laughs> it's good times. Um, going off topic, uh, I, uh, I, got, I got some questions for you, Seth. And the question is singular, and it's, did you get anything off topic? I did, and it's not singular. Uh-oh. I got a few things. Um, toy and otherwise. Uh, so, well, this is a toy show. Also, Jesus, this picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I got uh, um, this most recent wave of Star Wars Black Label figures. Yes. Um, so... The whole thing with it being the an improved Kylo Ren and improved Ray. Yep. So I I had never seen the earlier release of Ray, and I open up this new Kylo Ren and I grab my old Kylo Ren and I'm looking at him like I don't see any difference. 
I don't oh, no. I don't know what the difference is. So I found a I found a comparison. Um, someone wrote up a blog post with a both versions of both figures. I'm like, okay, well clearly this is the newer Ray. Man, that the just the paint on her mouth is so much better. Yeah, it actually kind of looks more like the actress, <laughs> like the shape of her mouth. And then I'm looking at the the Kylo picks. So I've I didn't get the the Kylo I got before is the updated Kylo. Oh, and his cape is still too long. That must have to do with like how the factory tucked it on yours then. Yeah, well, both of them are too long. Yeah, because I I think that a lot of that just comes like I think there might have been a, a slight difference in the cut compared to the Wave One version where it's like a bridal gown, but like uh-huh. I think a lot of it comes from how the factory tucked it into his scarf before putting the head on. Yeah, and it's I mean if you pop the head off and kind of mess with it, I think it's fixable if you wanna. But I mean, I guess I could try, but it just goes way past his feet and kind of sticks out funny when you got him standing. Yeah. But I was also thinking now that I have two, and the plan was always that I'll throw one of them into the sacrificial toy box for when my niece and nephew are over. Yeah. It's like, this is the box that comes out of stuff they, they can mess with, and all the other toys are off limits. Um, Maybe I'll just, like, grab some scissors and try cutting one. And if I screw it up horribly, then that will be the one that gets thrown into the sacrificial toy box. Yeah. And if it comes out <laughs> all right, then... That would be the one I keep. So I I got a Wave 3 Kylo Ren because I have a, a Wave 1-ass Kylo Ren. Uh-huh. Uh, I bought one. And then when I when I was uh, – I, I went to a Toys R Us in the States and they had a buy one, get one 50% off on all Star Wars stuff, Black Series included. And they had a Wave 1 – or a, a Wave 3 Kylo there and a, and a TIE pilot that I needed. So I was like, I guess I'll just get another Wave 3 Kylo and then I can – so I'll have a Wave 1 Kylo, Wave – three kylo and then i can take this wave the second wave three kylo's robe and give it to my figure arts one <laughs> i'm I, I have four fig i have four kylo ren action figures now well paint one of them all white and call him creepy kylo and no he'll be the what if from like that what if where darth vader was all white uh, like good guy darth vader it'll be good guy kylo yeah so also in that way if you get a snow trooper mm-hmm and so I was interested to compare it to the uh, Toys R Us Snow Trooper, and it's effectively the exact same thing. That's what I figured. Yeah. Um, like, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if some of the paint apps were slightly different, but they're effectively the same. There is there's a, so few paint apps on it. It's there like, is a variant that's been found where some of them have the neck painted black and some don't. Okay, well, this one is a... Yeah. This one has got a white neck. So, I mean, it's good because, you know, they're supposed to be identical. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, also in that wave, who else have we got? Uh, oh, yeah, we got a uh, Hux. So I open up my Hux and I'm like kind of posing them around. And I accidentally kind of get so like he has like the like the pants that has like the the ridge, like the riding pants, like how it, that there's that ridge that goes down the side of the thigh to make him stick out. Yeah, that way. yeah. And I accidentally get the edge of his coat caught behind it. And then the way his legs were spread out, I started thinking like, man, he looks kind of anime in this pose. And I started like pushing it to make him more anime looking. 
And then I tweeted the picture where I'm like, oh, Huck's looking all anime. And then I immediately started wishing I had a little scale rose for him to hold. <laughs> and I vocalized that. And then next thing I know, my girlfriend's up to a secret art, art and craft project. Where she's like in the kitchen for a while. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and she made a little rose out of a black twist tie and some red um, aluminum foil. That's fantastic. That came off like a Hershey kiss or something. <laughs> like, this is great. So uh, he can't hold it whatsoever. Uh, so I'm like trying to like wedge it in between fingers for him to hold. And I just went, you know, I'm just going to get a little piece of tape. Just got a little piece of uh, scotch tape and rolled it up and stuck in his palm and stuck the the stem to his hand. Yeah. And I've never taken it out. Well, I switched <laughs> the hands because he doesn't have a holster for his gun. Yeah. So And I put it in his gun hand, so I just switched it to his left hand. And uh, I tweeted another picture while we've, we've been recording where he's pointing his gun and holding up the rows at the same time. So <laughs> that's uh, in my Twitter feed. Hux is one of the last black series figures I need to find now. I'm, I'm so close to completion on what I want. Yeah. And Never seen one. He's, he's, he's all right. Um, yeah. I don't want to go out of, I don't want to like pay a bunch for him. I just want to find one. Yeah. Well, a little first order logo on his hat is a little off center on the one I got. So that might be something to look for. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know his face. the The only paint apps are his hair and his eyes. It's one of those cases where the face could have used something because it just looks plastic, because it is. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's like shiny plastic. Or <laughs> like Ray's face isn't all plasticky like that, like shiny plasticky. Um, so you know, it is what it is. Uh, then there was the Tie Fighter pilot in that wave so i have one of those and it, it kind of bugged me like neither hux nor the tie fighter pilot have anywhere to stick his their guns yeah they don't have holsters or plug-in ports or anything you'd think the tie fighter pilot would need one of those what with him ostensibly going to pilot a tie fighter yeah he can't just wave his gun around and pilot with one hand oh i mean he could if he wants to be cool but he's not supposed to and then I think the last figure to talk about is Elo Asti. Yeah, who you have, like, just, just cold and gritty. He's got a stormtrooper on his knees, hands bound behind his back. Asti's just pushing a gun to the back of his head yeah. and looking really calm and nonchalant about it. No, like, I, this just, is what I he decided does. he's, like, the rogue cop of the Resistance. Yeah, he just goes around shooting stormtroopers. Yeah, like, the rest of the <laughs> Resistance don't know, but he's, like, this crooked cop just brutalizing stormtroopers behind everyone's back and getting up to some really dark crime but it's all you know it's all in in the goals of of the resistance they just yeah, don't know they have like this borderline psychopath in their ranks there just so happens to be this welcoming cause that probably doesn't care if he goes and like executes some sadism on a bunch of faceless guys in armor yeah well the rest are trying to figure out how they're gonna get the part they need to to finish the mission and what happened to Asti he's been missing for a while and he shows up and he's got the thing They're like where'd you find me? he's like 
don't ask questions. We just got to get out of here. I, I like the, I, I, I'm thinking if they ask him questions, his answer is always just Bothans. Yeah. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got <laughs> it. And then there's like this whole side story. The many just, Bothans. Oh, there's just piles of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> they find like they find his burial site. <laughs> They're like, there's a stormtrooper buried here. They start digging. They just find thousands of stormtroopers. <laughs> But they can't pin it on them. They just find the bodies. They don't know how they got there or where they yeah, came they're, from. Yeah, they're like, some lunatic has been murdering stormtroopers. Nasty's like, yeah, some lunatic has been yeah. murdering stormtroopers. Uh, I wonder if we'll ever catch him. <laughs> just like Dexter. Takes a drink and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Real shame about those stormtroopers. Yeah. Bothans. Um, so that, I think that's all the Star Wars dudes. All right, yeah, I, uh, I tracked down a TIE fighter pilot and a flame trooper. I didn't get a chance to open them before oh, I, I came right. out here. I haven't seen a flame trooper. So I've been trying to find the Finn trooper who ships with the flame trooper. I have now gone to two places where I found exactly one flame trooper and that's it from the uh-huh. wave. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm on the trail of Finn trooper, but I can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> the only Finn toy that sells, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, I have seen lots of Wave One fins. It's like, also, I, I I did see a Wave Three Ray, and I looked at her for a while, and I almost bought her on instinct. But then I kind of paused and I thought, and I was like, I started this saying I just want the First Order, and you know I have a Poe Dameron who came with a First Order toy, and I was like, is this going to lead places? Having thought like thought about it for a bit, I was like, this isn't leading places. I still just want the first order. I don't even I don't want Django Fett. I don't even want like the Rebels figures coming out. I just want first order. That's it. So yeah. I felt I felt this wonderful like cleansing moment of like non-completionism. Well, there's a Darth Revan coming. So that one looks cool and has a helmet and carries lightsabers, and that's like my criteria for Star Wars characters. So I'll probably try to get that one. <laughs> Um, oh, I did get some more Star Wars I forgot about. Um, I got those model kits in. Oh, cool. For the R2-D2 with BB-8 and the C-3PO. I haven't built them yet. I just have them. Yeah, now it's just on your time. Like, you can choose. One yeah. Them. It's probably going to be a while before I get to it. <laughs> You're choosing not to build them yet. That's 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 cool. Yeah, I, but I got I to gotta justify buying them. I gotta build them. <laughs> um, then, like that furniture we've been waiting on came, so we got all that, and Sweet. that's awesome. Uh, some of that was a real, real adventure trying to get it into the house. <laughs> Luckily, the delivery guys had to do all the hard work. <laughs> Yay! Uh, but that's all here. Then we spent a lot of money on Hue lights. Philips Hue lights. Oh, yeah, I've seen those around. Yeah, the change colors and sync to an app, and then you can control them from your phone. Or I, I always see those in the Apple device. store. They're cool. They're really neat. Um, so we got the starter set, which has the bridge. You need the bridge to link everything together. Yeah. And you can't really do anything with the lights without it. Um. I didn't really understand what was going on, and we got um, okay. So the, the the starter set was the bridge and three of the regular light bulbs, but before that, uh, I had ordered a light strip and a Hue Go, 
and didn't realize that you can't do anything with the light strip without the bridge. Like if you plug it in, it's just like 100% white mm. and you can't turn them on or off or anything without unplugging them. And then the Hugo has, has a button where you could do some stuff with it and you don't need to have the bridge or anything else. It's just to change, like there's some preset colors that you could cycle through. And then one of the settings, it just starts, or you hold the to hold the button down and it starts rotating through colors. And then just whenever you let go, that's the color you're on. Mm. Uh, but with the bridge, then everything syncs to your Wi-Fi, and then you could really control the lights, the brightness, and the color. And then, like the little color spectrum screen has little numbered dots for every hue device you have. So we have five, each light bulb, the light strip and the, the go. So there's these little one, two, three, four, five pips and you could move them around independently, or you could attach them to each other and move them together. So they all go to the same color. Um, and then you could save different combinations and everything. And it's pretty neat. Um, and with the light strip, we stuck it under the lip of the bar mm-hmm. so the bar kind of lights up from underneath and looks neat and it's just all cool i've always been tempted to fit that kind of lighting into like toy shelving or you know countertops like you know ikea they have all those led strips and they they make it look super cool but i yeah. always look at it and i'm like i would never actually get around to installing it <laughs> so i've never done it well for stuff like that some of those other options would be a lot cheaper and yeah. more sensible. Like with the, the hue light strip, it's, I forget how long it is, but you can cut it shorter. There's little markers on it that say it's safe to cut here, oh, but cool. what you've cut off is now just garbage. Oh, um, Oh, that sucks. Okay. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So, to to get it to fit under the the lip of the bar, I just had to cut one segment out off the end, which wasn't a big deal. But I was thinking like, oh, if I had ideas that I just wanted to do like a, a tiny little section, and now I've spent eighty bucks on this big long thing, and I've cut like nine tenths of it off <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is, that this is not cost effective whatsoever. Like, like for like. You know, it's obviously not a huge problem, but to me, for the cost, I I would my reaction would be, why isn't this just modular? Why do I have to cut them off? Why yeah, can't they just they disconnect make, them? Yeah, they make extending pieces if you want it longer. Yeah, but once you've cut a piece off, you're kind of stuck with it. Because that would stick in my craw. Because I'd just be looking at the cut off piece, going like, this is part of what I paid for. Yeah, and I can't use it. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody figured out a way to like kind of solder a new plug to it. But then part of it is so in between the plug and the strip is a section with a little box. And that little box is the control box. That's what has the the Wi-Fi stuff in it and controls the colors changing. So without that little box, and I don't know if there's any way to get that without buying a whole strip. Um you'd be really limited as to what those little pieces you have cut off can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's end of the day, this is all like going into the minutiae of what is otherwise like 
really cool stuff, which is like LED lighting strips under things. Yeah. Um, so that's why if you were just like going to install it into a shelf where you needed shorter pieces, I would look into like a different key. option. Yeah. Even if it doesn't have like the cool smartphone controls and all that. Are you, so are you, uh, is, is the idea that all the lights in your house basically will be smartphone control? Not all the lights that would get way too expensive to replace all the lights. (laughs) So like with the go, um, you could have it plugged in or you can run it off its internal battery. So it will go about three hours on a full charge. Cool. So it it's neat, like you get, and it looks like like this crazy glowing bowl. Uh, except for it's not a bowl; it's like bowl shaped, but it's you can't put anything into it. But to, to to control it, do you have to be at home, or can you control it just using like wireless data? Yeah, from- you actually have to be at home. Oh, because it it connects to the bridge, not through the internet. That oh, that's a shame because there's a, I mean there are there are other things. My, my mom has some of these where you can from anywhere turn a light on or off. It's uh-huh. if it's connected to the box, and that's actually really cool for like if you're coming home and like hey you're coming home later than you thought and it's dark and you want to make sure like you know whatever maybe you need to have a light on in the house to help you figure out where to go. Like you can just well, turn a light on. Yeah, you can program lights to turn on and off at certain times through the app though. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So if you know you're going to be home after dark, you could say, well, it's going to be dark at five. So I'm going to have these turn on at at a 10 till or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's good. Do you set timers? You could tell it to turn off after a while. Like just in case I fall asleep, it will turn off <laughs> for the night yeah. kind of thing, which we did one night. But yeah, like right now, um, there's there's a lamp hanging from the ceiling uh, next to where we set up the bar. So we put one of the bulbs in that. Then the bar has the strip. Right now we're just we just have the hue um, next to the bar, but that's meant to go wherever. And then yeah. we put one in a lamp in the bedroom, and we haven't decided where to put the third bulb yet. And then they make different style bulbs so like they have these little like recessed lighting style bulb bulbs and we have a couple of those um near where the bar is um so i just got to make sure that it's the right style that it would work and then maybe we'll get a couple of those because it's in that general area but yeah it's not a necessity and it's not we're not in a rush to get more because man we spend a lot of money all at once yeah so like i i got the go and the light strip from amazon it comes i like yeah i'm gonna mess with this light strip plug it in i can't do anything with it bummer oh oh i need the bridge this wasn't really explained anywhere (laughs) um and then like the directions that come with these things are minimalist to an to extent of I didn't realize I had to plug the bridge into my modem. I thought I could put the bridge anywhere and it would just connect with the Wi-Fi. No, you have to hardwire plug it into your modem. Um, and then that's where it stays. Hmm. So the original idea was to stick the bridge downstairs because that's where most of the lights are. But oh no, it has to be upstairs uh, on my desk with everything else plugged into the modem. 
I wonder if that's all just a byproduct of how that stuff is like a fixture at the Apple stores. Like they went like, we're going to have Apple style instructions. Yeah. And the instructions that are in the box, it's just like four illustrations of screwing the light bulb, plug in the bridge, like the power, plug the power in, and then nothing about the Ethernet cable plugging into a modem. Yeah. So I thought it was optional. I'm like, oh, I guess you could hardwire it if you want, but otherwise you could do this wireless. And so I plug it in downstairs and I open up the app and I hit detect bridge and it's like, can't detect a bridge. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I go looking <laughs> online and online I find out, oh, you have to plug it into the Ethernet. And I'm like, oh, then can I unplug it after that? And then I can't find any information on whether or not you have to keep it plugged in or not until I find a forum where somebody's like, so after I get it set up, could I unplug it? And people are like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Phillips, please explain things better. Thank you. Yeah. Phillips, also, if you're not Apple, write things down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, they're neat. They're fun. Yeah. They look like a fun gimmicky thing. cool. Yeah. I've been looking into uh, a new keyboard and I'm looking into these mechanical keyboards that are kind of expensive, but built really well. And they have like uh customizable back key lighting. And I think I might get one. I'm looking at one called the Corsair uh, K70 RGB. Oh. Uh, I have a gift card that I could use basically to get it. And it would be like one of those fancy pants gaming style mechanical keyboards with certain MX brown switches on all the keys so that it's an optimal in-between ground for both gaming and typing and like all this stuff I would actually never probably even notice but I like <laughs> it because it's a big heavy aluminum keyboard that goes click a whole lot um, and my current keyboard I've had since like 2007 if not 2006 and it's just real scummy now and i like i don't want to bother cleaning it i just want to get a new one so i don't know thinking about it so when i was deciding whether or not or we were deciding whether or not we wanted to get a hugo i'm watching the little demo video they have on the website and it's like all the things you could do and it's like these picture perfect families enjoying life with their hugo and uh one of the little bits in the video is a woman sleeping in bed and she's like right at the edge of her bed and on the nightstand (laughs) is a hugo that's like right up in her face (laughs) and it's like you could set a timer to turn the hugo on and so it just turns on like full bright white, like right in her face <laughs> to wake her up. And I was like, that seems like an awful way to wake up in the morning. Yo, sometimes you just <laughs> need to wake up. All right. <laughs> Blam. White light. It's like, ow. <laughs> I mean, that would probably wake me up and I would have trouble calming down afterwards. Uh <laughs> That would terrify me. Um, oh, cool. Welcome to the, welcome to the, the, I was going to say the 21st century, but like, that's an old hat now. Welcome to the 21st point one century. Well, and it syncs with our, uh, Amazon echo. Oh dear. So you could yell at Alexa to turn the lights on and off. 
Oh, good. You can't control the color change. Um, you can just like do on, off, and what percentage of the brightness you want. Well, you're getting closer and closer to just having the Enterprise for a house. Yeah. You can go like, Alexa, lights, 50%. The Enterprise that just starts answering the TV when the TV didn't even say Alexa. Like, we <laughs> were watching have... something earlier today. I don't even remember what was going on. Just all of a sudden, Alexa's like, this is what I found on that. And it's like, what are you talking about? Shut the fuck <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Like, don't participate. Alexa's just like, I just wanted to be part of the family. Yeah, the two roughest thing is roughest things are when a, a commercial for the Amazon Echo comes on, because oh man, they say Alexa like 20 times in that commercial and it just she's going off the whole time. Or when I'm watching NXT, if Alexa Bliss is on screen, <laughs> because they'll she'll react to the the announcer saying, Oh, Alexa Bliss and I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you want. It's like, shut up. <laughs> Not you. Oh, man. I, I got real tempted by those lights for a while until the price, but I, they sound like a bunch of fun. Um, If I get the keyboard, then then we can, you know, we won't have the same things, but we can we can still be like pals in having stuff with customizable colors that doesn't Light necessarily pals. need it. Yeah. It'd be RGB buddies. RG buddies. Um. Well, is, is there anything else that you want to cover in your what you got? I think that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I haven't really got anything on my end that I can think of that I've messed with a whole lot. I t- I don't remember if I mentioned Fig Arts Bruce Lee, but he's a pretty good toy. I only messed with no. him for a bit before I came over here. Um, but uh, that is that is a very fine piece that I would recommend to anybody. Um, but. Oh, when's that Freddie Mercury trip? The summer, I think. One now. <laughs> well, uh, dear listeners, thank you for joining us for another Toy Fair installment of WTFTFW. Um, I guess we'll all reconvene in April when more stuff ostensibly is probably revealed at BotCon. Um, but we'll still do we'll still do the podcast in between. Uh, however. Next week, um, as I mentioned uh, last week, uh, me and Aaron and TJ are probably going to do something a little bit less news-oriented because I can't imagine there will be even more huge news to talk about, um, even though I'm going to totally shoot myself in the foot by saying that out loud. But uh, we're going to have a go at uh, at some listener question stuff, at least one, and uh, and we'll, just, we'll see what happens a week after. Maybe me and Seth can tackle a few listener questions as well, in plural. Fingers crossed. But uh, in the meantime, Seth, thank you again for joining me on your weekend. Giving me a part of your Saturday. No problem. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back later with more WTF at TFW. Bye-bye. Get me, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.